0: Would you pray with me? Uh, If you would, take a moment and uh, you pray for you. Uh, You know you better than I know you. You know uh, what you you brought with you, what's on your heart this morning. And so just uh, take a moment and uh, pray that God would speak to you this morning through his word. And if you would be so kind, would you pray for me and ask that uh, the Lord, uh, through the power of his spirit, might guide and direct my thoughts as uh, I share with you what God has, uh, has spoken uh, to you and to me today. Would you pray for me? God, thanks for your living and active word. I'm, I'm consistently blown away by how you use it uh, to form and shape your people, to draw us to yourself, to open our eyes, to help us to see you and, and who you are, and to reveal who we are and show us our great need. Uh, Lord, would you meet us in our need this morning? Would you draw us to yourself? Would you change us uh, more and more into the image of your son? Uh, God, we love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you, it sounds like uh, the microphone is talking to me behind me. Is it it just me? That, should I use a different microphone? Because if I were you, it would annoy me. It really would. So should I grab, Matt, should I grab a different mic? I'm just going to keep going. And you do your thing. Deal? Perfect. Thank you. I'm going to keep going. Uh, If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We're walking through the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. Jesus uh, spoke to the crowds, some of which were his followers, and is painting a picture of what does it look like to live life in the kingdom. And uh, I have been amazed uh, at how applicable and how oftentimes life-changing Jesus' words are to his people. Um, This week is no different. Jesus speaks to the crowd in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, and says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Uh, The first time that I can remember feeling anxious or feeling, experiencing anxiety was when I was in graduate school. Uh, I was in seminary. I had been married for a couple of years. Uh, I had 16 credit hours. I was taking fourth semester Greek and first semester Hebrew. And personally, I found graduate level classes in English to be challenging enough. But when you factor in a couple of dead languages, it was even more difficult. Uh, I was working two jobs. I was working at a, a large local church, uh, serving the third through fifth graders. There's about 150 of them, and they stressed me out. And I was working for a local uh, Christian nonprofit, a radio uh, ministry, with a guy by the name of Chuck Swindoll. And I got to answer theological uh, questions. Uh, uh, I remember. Uh, When I started driving to church on Friday nights, uh, my heart would begin to race and I literally would struggle to find breath. I would roll down the window and I would do one of these things. Um, If you are living in Texas and you are looking for cool, fresh air, you're in trouble uh, because it doesn't seem like there's a lot. Uh, My Hebrew professor, I think after I turned in one of my quizzes, uh, said, James, I would like to speak with you after class. And I said, "Uh uh-oh. And she said, "Uh, uh, James, are you okay? And I said, well, to be quite honest with you, I'm a little busy right now. And she said, tell me about your schedule. And I told her about my schedule. And she said, "Um, James, um, that is not sustainable. Um, You have to quit something or you won't make it. Have you ever felt anxious before? Have have you ever uh, struggled with anxiety? Uh, Anxiety is worry or concern. Uh, Some level of anxiety is an expectation in life. I mean, who among us has not felt worry or concern over something? We, We all have. You might feel anxious when you're faced with a problem at work. You might feel worried as you approach an important test in high school or as you prepare uh, for college. Uh, You might experience experience it when you're uh, at a crossroads in life and you face an important decision. All of us on on some level have experienced anxiety, school stress, Uh, Economic hardship, relational strife, Uh, sometimes our worry, our anxiety is circumstantial, Uh, sometimes it is situational, Uh, but all of us have experienced it. Uh, And uh, there are uh, times when we experience uh, legitimate psychological challenges uh, that some of us have experienced or are experiencing, or will experience in the days ahead. I'm not talking about a passing wave of worry. I'm talking about crippling anxiety. I'm talking about waking up in the morning and making a decision and whether or not you should get out of bed. I'm talking about the times in life when leaving for church on a Sunday morning is a really big deal. So all of us have experienced anxiety or concern or worry, maybe in passing. Uh, some of us have been crippled by it. Right? And I simply say that because we read a passage like we did in Matthew chapter 6, and we have all sorts of different reactions. Right, some of us are just laid back by nature. We're, we're chill. Like Not only do we rarely experience anxiety, but if you were to ask us, we don't even know how to spell it. We're like, we're, we're just laid back. Like, you, you think that you should have been born in California. You're like the, the turtle in Finding Nemo. You're like, hey. Like, everything's fine. You're chill. And then there are others who are here this morning who, who you've experienced a crisis before. The other shoe has dropped. You, you've been crippled by anxiety. A relationship has ended. You've lost a loved one. You have been given a diagnosis. You've been called in to the doctor's office. You've experienced the hardship being a mom or a dad. I mean, it is weighty. And then there are others where you seem prone to worry. Like if you were being honest, you might describe yourself as a bit of a worry wart. You have a tendency to think about worst case scenarios. But what if I have a 10-year-old who oftentimes will say, but what if, and we say, sweetie, sweetie, uh, you can't play that game. You can't play that game. Sometimes we, we just go through life and you think I can't, I can't hear the news or read the news or I worry. If I don't read the news, I worry. Anything related to the news, I, I, I worry. You, you find yourself... Saying things like, that's dangerous, that's not safe, be careful, but what if? So there are lots of different folks here this morning on that spectrum that I just described. And, and you may hear the words of Jesus and, and think all sorts of different thoughts. And I just want you to know that I recognize that. But I want us to think together about what Jesus is saying to the crowd, to to, to these people, 2,000 years ago. And I want us to to think together and consider how it applies uh, to us today. So just an observation in reading this text. Observation is this. um, God doesn't want his kids to be anxious. He doesn't want his kids to be anxious. He said as much in verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Verse 27, which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to a span of life? Verse uh, 28, why are you anxious about clothing? Verse 31, therefore do not be anxious. Verse 34, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. Um, God doesn't want his kids to be anxious. Here in Matthew chapter 6, he commands his children, not to be anxious multiple times, multiple times. When God's word repeats or points out or reminds or circles back to a truth, it's because we should underline it or highlight it or tuck it away. He wants us to remember it. It's important. And he says over and over and over again in these verses, do not be anxious. Now, again, I say that. I know some of you are going, that's not helpful. I, I know that I'm not supposed to be anxious, uh, but I am. And other people hear that and you go, not only is that not helpful, but it, but it actually makes it worse. Because I love Jesus, I follow Jesus, I know I'm not supposed to be anxious, I know I'm not supposed to worry, and I do. Right? So you standing up there, preacher man, and saying, don't be anxious, isn't helpful. It's like the old skit that I think I've mentioned before with Bob Newhart uh, from Mad TV, where he plays a psychologist, a counselor. Uh, actress Mo Collins plays an unsuspecting client uh, who goes into his office for help. Um, she has a great fear that's crippling. Uh, she's having a difficulty functioning in life. And so he invites her into the office, and she sits down on the chair in front of him, and he explains the ground rules. He tells her about his rate. He says, this is not going to last longer than five minutes. It's going to be quick. And she's like, "Um, okay. And very hesitantly, she signs up and she's like, okay, I'm ready. And he said to her, I hear that you are afraid of being buried alive in a box. And she said, oh, yes, I am. I'm, I'm very afraid. I think about it all of the time. It's crippling. I do not know what to do. And he said, okay, are you ready? And she said, yes. And he goes, I'm going to give you some advice. And she said, should I write it down? And he goes, well, you can write it down, but you don't have to. It's only two words. And she said, oh, 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 okay. And so he said, are you ready? And she said, yes, I'm ready. And he leaned in and he said to her, stop it. And she said, stop it. He said, yes, stop it. She said, stop it. He said, yes, S-T-O-P, new word, I-T, it. Stop it. He goes, you don't want to live your life being afraid of being buried alive in a box. I mean, that's frightening. Just stop it. Sometimes, even as Christians, we can navigate through life and approach people and just say to them, well, stop it. But I'm worried. Well, stop it. But I'm anxious. Well, stop it. Jesus doesn't do that. He commands us to not be anxious, uh, to not worry. But then he tells us why. And, th- and this passage is using gospel logic, uh, the logic of the truthfulness of God and his character to encourage his children, his sons and daughters, to not worry, to not be afraid and to not be anxious. Notice what he says uh, in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What will you put on? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Jesus here is addressing the The crowds, and he is telling them not to worry about quite honestly things that seem very important food and clothing. Now, I read that and I go, well, food is really, really important. Like, I need food to live. Jesus isn't saying, don't be be worried about that vacation to the Caribbean that you've been wanting to take. Just don't worry about it. And you go, okay, you're right. I shouldn't worry about it. Jesus is saying, you don't have to worry about uh, your next meal. Why? Because because life is about more than food and clothing. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. But you don't have to to worry about food and clothing because there's more to life than food and clothing. There really is. And then Jesus continues follow his logic. Uh, He says, Consider, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? God cares for the birds. Do you ever stop to think about that before? Uh, During the last two years, during the pandemic, when when we didn't know what to do with ourselves, Melissa and I bought a bird feeder for entertainment. We thought, hey, if we're going to be here for a while, we might as well have something to look at other than the television. So we bought a, a bird feeder and we put it in the backyard and we put bird seed in there that the squirrels came and ate. So we decided we hate the squirrels. God may have made them, but they're tree rats. We don't like them, so we, you know, we're attacking the squirrels. We're feeding uh, the birds, and, uh, and and one day, I I was looking out the back window, and Melissa said to me, "Oh, there's Larry." And I said, "Excuse me." She's like, "Yeah, that's that's Larry," and I go, "Are you naming the birds?" And she's like, well, yeah, well, that's Larry right there. And I said, well, why is he Larry? She goes, oh, well, um, I saw that bird land on the basketball hoop in the front yard, and then he comes to the backyard to eat. So Larry, bird. The whole thing is for the birds, if you ask me. But this, like, here's the deal. When the food dries up, as best as we can tell, they still eat. because God feeds them. This is, this is the way that he's made the world. And, and Jesus says to the crowd, don't, don't worry because of the birds. I, I feed them. And oh, by the way, you're much more valuable than a bird. Jesus uh, continues and which of you, by being anxious, uh, can add a single hour to a span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed as one of these. Uh, Jesus says to the crowd worry doesn't work, uh, it doesn't solve any problems, it doesn't fix anything. A worry is like running wind sprints on a treadmill and expecting to land in a different location. It doesn't get you anywhere. Nobody says after a bout of worry or anxiety, you know what really helped me when I was experiencing anxiety? Being anxious. You can't out-worry your worry. Never have I heard an interview with someone who turned 100 and they were asked, what is your secret to longevity and health? And to hear them reply, well, there's three things, diet, exercise, and worry. It it doesn't get us where we want to go. And so Jesus is looking at the crowds and and he's saying, worry doesn't add uh, to your life. And then he paints another picture and he says, "Um, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as one of these. Why are you worried about what you are wearing? Why are you worried about clothes? Like Look at the lilies of the field. They're beautiful. They are beautiful. Have you ever seen a, a field filled with lilies or wildflowers before and just thought, oh, look at what the Lord has done. God did it. Like the lilies didn't get together and go, let's see, how can we, uh, how can we grow next year? What's our plan for growth? You got anything? Right? Like God just makes them grow. God, God closed the field. Solomon, Ralph Lauren, Giorgio Armani, Calvin Klein, they all dress like middle schoolers compared to the lilies of the field. No offense to any middle schoolers. You guys are bad dressers though. I'm joking, I'm joking. You, you, questionable choices, that's all I'm saying. God, God, God is saying, he, he dresses the fields. He's gonna care for you. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, verse 30, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh you of little faith? Now that little phrase is significant. O oh you of little faith. Um, because there, there are times when we experience concern, or, or worry, or anxiety, and, and maybe, maybe we do so in a way that's actually good. Like I think of the Apostle Paul when he wrote to the church at Corinth in Second uh, in Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28. He was talking about all he had experienced in his life, his, his sufferings, his hardship, and he says, and he writes, And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure of me, of my anxiety for all the churches. And So, so Paul almost had this, this gospel worry for, um, for the churches, for the church. Like God-honoring and Christ-exalting things. There are times when maybe we find ourselves worrying about that. Like the spread of the gospel among the nations. And we go, well, that... I mean, it's good to give some thought to that. And there are other times when we may experience worry or some level of anxiety because of a crisis that we've experienced or something in the world. And I mean, it, it lands on us heavy. Like We feel it. And then, apparently, um, there are other times when we worry or we experience anxiety because we lack faith. I don't don't say that uh, to to sound harsh. That's not my intent. But there are times when we function in such a way where we try to play the role of God. We take all of the world's problems or even all of our problems upon ourselves and think to ourselves, I've got to figure this thing out. I mean, I have issues that need to be addressed. And if I don't fix it, uh, it is not uh, going to be fixed. This is a mess and I need to move through the mess and make whatever's wrong right. And we think it's up to us. We, we function in such a way where we say, uh, if, if, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And it's not. It's not. One of the reasons that we can worry or we do worry uh, is because we are trying to play a role that has already been cast. We're trying to take matters uh, into our own hands uh, when, when we don't really need to take matters into our own hands. So Jesus is connecting faith or lack thereof with our anxiety. You're worried, Jesus says, because uh, you are, are not believing. This is why Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares uh, for you. We are to humble ourselves because anxiety or worry is oftentimes connected with pride. Like we think it's all our deal, and it's and it's not. When we worry. When we experience anxiety, it can be as if we are functionally uh, telling God, you are not in control, and I am. And I need to fix this, and I need to figure it out. And if you are in control, God, you're not doing a great job. Did you see this? And Peter says, no, no, no. No, humble yourself. You're not, you're not calling the shots. It's not up to you. There, there's a good and wise, sovereign God over the universe who's working in the midst of your anxiety and worry and fear. Jesus continues, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Uh, for the Gentiles seek after these things, uh, and your heavenly Father knows uh, that you need them all. Again, uh, don't, don't worry. Don't be anxious. You, you, are you following the, the gospel logic that Jesus gives to his people? Like, don't, don't worry because life is about more than food and clothing. Don't worry because God feeds the birds and you're more valuable than the birds. Don't worry because it's not going to add any days, weeks, months, or years to your life. Don't, don't worry, don't worry, humble yourself, don't, don't walk with lack of faith, but walk in faith. Don't worry. So what does this look like? Uh, Thursday morning, um, I, I took our car into the mechanic. Uh, something had been going wrong for quite some time. I didn't take it in initially because I was worried. And so I decided maybe it will miraculously be healed. Uh, But it wasn't. And so I took it into the mechanic. Kind of had an idea of what it might be. I had taken it in before. Uh, He had given me a rough estimate of what the repairs would cost. Um, You don't need to know the numbers but it was a lot. I mean, it was a lot. And I said, hey, can you confirm this? Call me, let me know. I want to see what what we're facing. He said, sure, that's not a problem. Two hours later, maybe three hours later, I'm at the dining room table. I get a text message from my mechanic. He's like, hey, uh, you know, we found some things. And I was like, okay. And I call, and I said, hey, uh, I just was kind of looking at the report here and it, and it doesn't uh, look good. And you have to understand, when I first dropped it off, I went back home and I prayed that the repair would cost less than I thought it would. Right? It, was, it, was like, it was one of those kitchen prayers. So I was like, Lord, like, it's, it's all yours, but if there's any way that this could be a little less than I think it's going to be, like, that would be great. I called the mechanic and he told me it was uh, four times what I thought it was going to be. I'm not making up numbers. It was a lot. It was a lot. And then whatever four times a lot is, is the number that I was given. Right? And I immediately, immediately, I'm anxious. And I'm worried. And I think to myself, you know, fourteen months ago we were we were driving a minivan that was sufficient. It was great. And then a deer who was running a five K decided to run in the side of our car and totaled it. So we got a new car. And I just thought, why why did why did that even like stupid deer? And then, then right after that, I thought to myself, I, I hate, I hate cars. I just, I hate them. Like I hate, unexp- I'm, listen, I'm grateful, for, I want one, I'm grateful, like it gets you where you need to go, I'm happy with that. I hate how they break down. They never give you a heads up. They're never like, hey, second quarter is going to be rough this year. They, they just break down. And then I thought to myself, man, I, <laughs> I can't get ahead. I can't get ahead. I can't buy a break. I can't buy a break. I don't know what I'm going to do. And that was the first two seconds. And I, f- I feel all of that come upon me. You ever been there before? Of course you have. Of course you have. Maybe it's not a car. Maybe you go in for tests and you get the the phone call of, hey, we'd like for you to come in. And you go, oh. Maybe your, your boss calls you in late one Friday or early one Monday and begins the meeting with, hey, and you go, oh. I mean, you, you feel that. And so, and so what, do you, what do you do? What do I do? Here's what the text tells us to do. Uh, first, I remind myself, we remind ourselves of the logic of Jesus. And and Jesus' logic, for me, is James, life is about more than transmissions and leaky oil. It's not the sum of life. Yes, you feel it. Yes, it seems significant but life is about more than car repairs. James, God cares for the birds, and you're more valuable than the birds. James, your worry, your anxiety is not going to add years to your life. It's not going to fix anything. God cares for you. James, God knows. The God of the universe is not surprised. This is gospel logic. Jesus doesn't tell the crowds, stop feeling that because feelings are fickle. Right? He, he goes to the mind. He says, this is what is true about the character of our God. And so I tell myself that even when I don't feel it. Secondly, I ask myself, James, are you trusting Jesus here? I feel like God asks us this question. I think he shouts this question to us. Do you trust me? Like, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And then, so I start to to think, and I go, hey, over the last 25 years of my life, um, God has provided our family, ours. Like people who know us and love us have gone. Over my life, God, through the generosity of His, have given unexpected gift to us. They've gone here. We love you. Over the last 25 years-ish, on the first and the 15th of every month, like clockwork, God has provided And so God asked me the question, "James, do you trust?" Me? And, and, and I have historical evidence, not just in my life, but in His word, that the answer to that uh, should be a resounding yes. Yes, God, I trust. You. Third, heard, I, I get much as I can, my eyes off of myself. Because worry and anxiety has a way of causing us to turn inward. So everything in life becomes about us, about our challenge, about our situation, about our fears, about what we're experiencing. And God says to his people in verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. We don't simply stop thinking about something. Oftentimes we think about something else. And and so if we're going to stop being worried or stop being anxious, where is our thoughts, our minds, where are our hearts going to go? Jesus says, may they go to seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness. Look beyond your nose, James, at what God is doing in the world and get your mind just for a second off of yourself. So Thursday morning, I get the news, Thursday night, God in his providence has me down at 1-7 giving a devotion uh, to those those boys. And I tell you what, like the joy, like the immense joy for, for that little sliver of time to not think about myself, And to pray that God would move and act, and then to see Him do it, man, like nothing beats, nothing beats. So sometimes, sometimes when we're wrought with anxiety or worry or fear, the key is for us not to turn inward, but to look outward at what God is doing in the world. Fourth, lastly, I gratefully, gratefully give God my anxiety, and my worry, and my fear. This is what Paul says in Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Right? So, this, I believe, is something that we do more than once. Right? It doesn't just happen at the dining room table at 1007 when you hang up the phone with a mechanic, right? It happens late at night when it gets dark and, and you think about it again or the next day or a week after that or a month after that or a year after that. But, but this is something we continue to do. We, we With thanksgiving, because God is faithful, because God has a track record, because God is good, we, we come to him with hearts full of gratitude and we're like, here you go, Lord. This is yours. I had an uncle one time who told me he had an unexpected car repair. Uh, he was a missionary. didn't have a ton of resources or money. And uh, he just said to me, James, the car broke down and this is how much it's going to cost. And he goes, I just, I said, I- Don, how are you doing? And he goes, well, I mean, I'm okay. I just said to the Lord, if that's how you want to spend your money, then that's okay. I was like, I- all right, Lord, if this is how you want to spend your money, that's So, so with gratitude, we come before the Lord, and we cast our anxiety on him again and again and again. We say, God, you know, would you please take me? You know, would you please take me? So I'm doing this. I'm, I'm, God, God has a sense of humor. I've been amazed at how many times you're in his word. You've experienced this before, and then something happens to you in life where you get an opportunity to actually apply this to your life. That happened to me on Thursday. God says, okay, like hot shot. Here's your chance. So I'm working through it. Maybe you're here this morning and you're working. Maybe you're worried about your finances and you experience anxiety. You you weren't planning on that repair or that medical bill or that home uh, repair. You you stop and you say, God, you've, you've been kind to me over the last 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, 80 years. Thank you. And now I'm going to give you. Maybe you're here this morning and you're experiencing a medical condition. Maybe you've been given a diagnosis and it doesn't look fantastic. Come before the Lord and you go, Lord, Lord, thank you. The psalmist writes that my times are in your hands. Uh, You've sustained me. It hasn't always been easy. Some days it's really hard. But like manna from heaven. You've given me what I need for the day. And here I am. Thank you. But Lord, I have something for you. I want to give this. Maybe you're here this morning. You're in the fourth quarter of life. And and it seems like you're crunching the numbers and you're going, I think the end is closer than the beginning. And and that scares you. You go before the Lord and say, Lord, thank you for your faith in me, all these, you. have been good. You've been so kind. Thank you, Lord, that my future is secure in Christ, that you have poured hope uh, into my heart. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I want that. Thank you. I don't know where you are uh, this morning, but if you have breath, something tells me that on some level, you've experienced and so I want to give you an opportunity right now. I'm going to invite the band to come forward, and I just want to give you an opportunity to pray and to, to give your, your anxiety, your worry, uh, your fear um, to the Lord. Right, right, right in your seat, right where you are, just just quietly, just spend time in prayer before the Lord. and Say, God, thank you, uh, and, and I give this. Would you do that now? Please bow with me for a word of prayer.